Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 143rd episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today, I've only got one co-pilot because Salim the Dream Abraham is currently out stockpiling Cadbury cream eggs to pelt at Fraser Anning next time he sees him down his street. But instead, we've got the more favoured member of the Hungry Gamers joining me, Miss Ali Hart, whom we found out, Miss Ali Hart. Welcome back. We've got another Thanks duo. So How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? How have you been? I am doing good. Um, we're doing a lot better than, than Dream as a whole outside of his uh, Cadbury Cream Egg expedition. He also is suffering from tinnitus, uh, which is all kinds of weird. I read it when he first told us yesterday as tinnia. So I thought, okay, so he's got oh. like sweaty foot rot, but he can't record a podcast. But then I realized, oh, no, tinnitus, okay. He's got ringing in the ears and whatever else. So It is known you need comfy feet to record a podcast. Yeah. It's the number one priority. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you can't be shirtless and have uncomfortable feet to record. It just doesn't add up. So he is, uh, yeah, in bed, you know, cuddling up to a couple of bags of Cadbury cream eggs ready to do some damage. So uh, I really hate Cadbury cream eggs. I tried the um the block. Did you see they turned it into a Cadbury block? I saw that, yeah. Tried it the other day. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, but the, I don't buy in the hype. Like, people see these things as the, the greatest, you know, chocolate on the land, but it is not. Yeah, I don't it get it. Not. Yeah. Crazy people. Mm, but I do get that this is the 143rd episode of The Hunger Gamers. Mm. My goodness. We've got 150 <laughs> coming up soon. That is I know. bananas. Like- getting old mm, i feel it too i feel it it is uh getting out of control i've got more grays coming out on the daily it's it's scary i had one of them moments. yeah i might need to do the same yeah i might need to do the same i'll bleach the hair and the beard and just leave the dark eyebrows and see how that works um <laughs> you know, it'll be a roaring success no doubt a lot of abuse thrown my way walking the streets but uh you know what i'll own it i'll own it I mean, the internet couldn't handle you beardless. This yeah. Week, so. Yeah, and and the photo he posted, the old dream, bless his cotton socks, was not was not a good one. There's better no, ones he, of us in our in our prime, but that was not one of them. He definitely went for the better one for himself, didn't he? Oh yeah. Although he did look extremely young, probably a little bit too young to be hanging out with. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was probably debatable. You know, in some circles there could have been some question marks, but uh, yeah, we made it through. So bless your dream. Hopefully uh, that, that tinnitus and that tinea and those Cadbury cream eggs are all festering into one big pile of fun today. Enjoy your day off, you slacker. We'll see you next week, maybe on 144. But anyway, we're here. Shall we talk? I see we've both been playing uh, one common game that released in full, both early access at the start of the week, courtesy of uh, Gold and whatever status member or pack that you mm-hmm. bought it at via the uh, Uplay store or... Um, in full on Friday, Division 2, out and about. You loving it? I am really enjoying it. I got the pleb edition, though, so I've only been playing for, you know, what, I think five hours tops. Mm. 
So, and not to mention that our lovely is Swedish. Are they Swedes? The company? Um, they Ubisoft? like doing their yeah. Well, the one that's looking after the division. Mm, um, I think it is the the Swedish arm. Yeah. So. They love doing their maintenance at exactly prime time gaming hour for Australians. Which yeah, is it, like, it was what nine o'clock last night for us or something. Yeah, I think it was like roughly nine o'clock. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. for the Americans, it's fine. I think it's like they're like one or two a.m. Mm. So you know, it makes sense for them. They're like, ah, oh, that's okay. I should probably go to bed. But you know, the Australians, yeah. you know, we've had we've had our dinner. You know, we've probably like cracked open a brew. And then we go to sit down and the game is going under maintenance. Mm, Which, yeah, it it is annoyance. Um, It was the same. Like, we've we've played about, yeah, I've done probably four or five hours as well. So I'm not anywhere near as deep as I got, as I did playing the closed closed demo. But uh, it's it's, it's so nice. It's, It's doing all the things we love from the first one and just adding this nice extra layer of polish. Like, I think graphically Mm -hmm. it looks better. We've, we've had a pretty good discussion and it'd probably be almost similar if we continued today, like that we talked about when we played the demo. We probably have the similar kind of feelings and feedbacks. Um, are you still sort of a bit meh on, on the world? I know I was very much, I love that it's a different location. It's not snowy New York and everything. Are you still like uh, that? Uh, no, it has improved because there are certain environments now that I've we've obviously gained more access to and they've obviously elaborated on um, a lot of like kind of like more florally, gardeny mm. kind of incorporations. I think a lot of people have actually made some connections with The Last of Us, which is funny for me to enjoy that environment. Mm. Um, Hypocrite. But, <laughs> yeah, it was the game, not the environment. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I still still prefer the snow. I still prefer the Christmassy, snowy environment. Um, there's actually, ele- I still feel uncomfortable in certain elements where you're walking through, like, damp environments. Yeah. And there's, like, bugs flying around and rats everywhere, but eh, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I, there is one thing that I don't like uh, already, which was when you had to design your character. I'm sure for guys it was fine, but with girls, my didn't matter what I did or what I wore, my girl just looks frumpy. Mm. I, I could I, want, I could understand. I want some that. leggings. I yeah. want some tight pants, please. Yeah, they they gave like I didn't sort of look at the female um, customization options too much, but there there is a lot of options with the guy ones, and yeah, you certainly leave the character creation uh, mode not feeling frumpy. Um, you know, you, you usually just this sort of athletically built looking fellow of a various race or skin color and tattoos and facial hair or lack of. So you got some options, but um, yeah, I I got lost in that for probably half hour on its own. um, As I always seem to do in these types of games. Uh, Cause that's, that's me or, or, you know, the extension of yourself for the next Uh 20, 50, 100, 200 hours, depending on how deep uh, the division sinks its claws into you. So um. Yeah, but it's good. It's good. The combat is still tight. The gunplay, yeah. love the gunplay. Um, I love the loot system. You know, the loot shooter uh, subgenre is certainly one of the one of the main sort of buzzes around the gaming sphere over the last few years. And, and mm-hmm. Division Two certainly is, um, you know, trying to take the top spot on that mantle, which which is nice. Mm. Um, just so much to see and do. There is. There's uh, like. 
I'm still learning about all the other little side elements that you can do, like um, getting resources for projects, um, doing bounties and such, like all this, all these other little elements I'm still like learning about, especially how to gain extra XP because you want to level up, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not finding the story too engaging. Yeah, and that's, I think that's one thing that's hard with like loot shooters or I don't know if I want to sort of, define them all like that because you think of you know borderlands is a the og loot shooter but i really enjoyed the story and the characters well in this game i couldn't tell you who half the people's names are i met you know the, the main um you know offshoot protagonist people you're working with mm-hmm. the white house or in the various little sort of um division agent cell areas where you know you rescue that lady's daughter at the start i can't remember her name um yeah the Arisa? one that's i think you're right actually you pretty well just you know, overshot me straight away, you bugger. You were meant to not remember either. <laughs> I, like, I think. Yes. <laughs> I think. It's just because it's a, it's a very, I, th- I thought it was actually a very unique name and it actually, you know, made me think that I'm like, oh, I feel like that's a more unique name that I'm going to remember. But there are characters that are just called em- Emma, Kevin and yeah. something else. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, I, I'm hoping that there is, as the story progresses, you do get a little bit more emotionally drawn in because there's just so much going on. You just mm-hmm. run around killing stuff get new guns, get an XP, doing real side shoots, watching echoes, listening to, you know, holotape sort of equivalent playbacks on audio. And it's it's cool, but yeah, I just don't have that massive emotional attachment yet as far as the to the, the whole world and the, the characters I, within it. I am actually finding myself, as I kind of did in, the, in Division 1, finding myself more attached to the stories that come from the echoes or mm. that come from the um, re- voice recordings that you find. Like there's like certain connections that you make by, you know, going into certain echoes and certain voice recordings. And I enjoyed that. Yeah. The fact that you're actually hearing about the guy that made the virus as well. Um, I did actually like the story in the division one. I liked diving into who made the, you know, who made this, con- you know, was it a virus? I can't remember if it was specifically called a virus or if it yeah. was like a contagion or something. But same, um, same. I, 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 I liked it. I, I enjoyed the Division One story, and I felt like I did stick to it more. I mm. engaged with it more. But yeah, with this one, I think I'm so focused on leveling up, getting out there, exploring. I'm so focused on that that instead of engaging in the story, I'm just seeing if by doing the story missions, what I get out of it. Yeah, which is a good way to <laughs> like, do it. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. But I just find myself with this game constantly going off the beaten track. Like, okay, I've got mm-hmm. to get to Waypoint X to progress the story. But then you're running along and, you know, you'll you go down an alleyway and, and start looking through this other building or, or find some other little, other little offshoot to distract yourself with or, you know, an enemy mm-hmm. gang area to sort of take over and constantly forking off the road all the time. Um, always but it's great constantly yeah and like the just the general like i guess what you would call classify as a public event i guess where you know it's either the propaganda things or the public executions or just general you know hyenas patrolling or holding into specific area Mm -hmm. like those those are constantly distract you because it's you know it's opportunity for gear loot and um xp so yeah it's, you're always going to be continually distracted. Oh yeah, like and and I love, I love the 
the the gear and the loot that you do acquire like that it doesn't just change raw perks and skills it changes how you look so different hats and knee pads and backpacks and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. i like that constant searching for the next new hotness to make your character look better but also you know provide them with some quality buffs and um you know skill based uh, enhancements (laughs) i'm finding myself hoarding again because (laughs) it's like you know, certain missions you're going to be sniping. So you've actually got that that mask where, okay, so the armor level ain't that great, but it actually gives you a high percentage of critical hit or headshots, you mm-hmm. know? So you're like, oh, I guess I'll keep that for now because it could be useful. Yeah. Maybe so, down the line. Maybe down the line it'll be yeah. good for me. Yeah, so I'm already hoarding and it's, it's oh, God, it's so bad. Have, so have, you bad. Been, have you been playing solo or you've been sort of squatting up or what's, uh, what's been dabbled. your experience? I, I've dabbled. I've done a little bit solo and I've done a bit um, in a group. So um, I, I think that's the best thing about this game, to be honest, is that I'm not really finding any major... Like, I feel like if you want to just... Gen- like, if you just want to kind of walk around, shoot around and enjoy it, yeah, playing with friends is great. But I do feel like solo is challenging enough that you do kind of have to strategically plan out your attack, yeah. which is fine, which is what the game was essentially, I feel why it was made and what it was built around. So I think playing it solo, it's good. It's not incredibly challenging. Um, and then playing with friends, it's it's challenging, mm. but it's not like, you know, it's also fun. Yeah, I, I like... I like that it sort of dances that line between just mindless pull the trigger, spray and pray to sort of shifting into more of that tactical, you need to sort of strategize about how you're going to go about taking down that group of hyenas or that, you know, that sub boss or that main boss or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Cause you can't really constantly go in all guns blazing cause you're going to get downed. Like um, oh, enemies are intelligent. They'll flank you. They'll strategize. They'll try and flush you out, throw grenades, things like that. So I like that it isn't just, spray and pray it's yeah i gotta go in there and, and work out how i'm gonna take these bastards down yeah and even with your team sometimes it's good to kind of take a step back and actually look like work with each other's skill sets mm-hmm. and you know see what you know who has what skill and you know at what level and just seeing how it works because you know you might just have a bunch of people <laughs> with turrets that can work yeah um or you know um with a bunch of drones did you hear about a drone issue though where if people all had drones it was like crashing the game no i, I didn't see that one Okay. probably and something they heard... need to fix <laughs> yeah well I, I think i think it's being fixed last night i think there was a patch um but then i'm also hearing a lot about um people saying that the leveling system when you're going into certain um certain areas certain stages that if someone is a higher level than everyone else it's it's not leveling out right so people are essentially just just instant dying Duh. so yeah. But in the same sense, I remember that from Division 1. I remember a friend of mine was, like, top level, and he thought, oh, I'll just come and join in and help her without announcing. And I just couldn't understand why I was getting one-shotted yeah. out of nowhere. It just so. scaled everything up yeah, instead I'm, of yeah, just balancing. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm doing really well. Next thing you know, I can't even get up without dying. Yeah, so. enemies just laughing at you as you throw bullets. <laughs> Tickle yeah. gun. But I'm I'm keen. I'm keen to um spend a bit of today really cracking in and, and trying to get those levels up and get all that sweet loot and learn more about this universe. Uh because yeah. for cause anyone I out like there the that's like Yeah, for anyone out there that is wondering whether they should grab this game or not, obviously choose the system that you most of your friends are playing it on. Yeah. Because this is a great game to play with friends. But so far, so good. Everyone's really enjoying it. Um 
minimal flaws in anything and i've heard a lot of good reports also in regards to endgame so and i think they're only building up more on that i think they're already releasing a um a raid and it's eight player Mm, that they're going to be doing that's cool yeah it could only go onwards and upwards so yeah any pc players feel free to drop me a line i'm uh yeah making my hay on the pc just uh brendan 8-bit on Uplay. track me down on there and um come carry me through some uh in-game content <laughs> help <laughs> but um also um been playing a bit more apex legends this week haven't done a huge amount of gaming uh got another win on the old uh, apex now so in the last week i've uh, picked up three w's which feels pretty good um mm-hmm really really starting to to work out the meta and the gunplay and which weapons work for me in that game mm-hmm. uh, yep. as also which characters work for me so i'm having a having a good old time with that have you um, found that shifted or are you still sticking with pretty uh, much who you started with yeah it's it's still it's still wraith bangalore or lifeline as sort of the trio okay. that i'll rotate through um mm-hmm. i'll play them all just about identically when i'm in the game anyway but just you got different utilities depending on who you are. I, I think probably overall Bangalore is probably the best character in the game though, just with her utility. Um, yeah, just that's the- what I was going to say because I was Wraith most of the way and only went Bangalore if I had to. Now I'm finding myself like gravitating more to her. Yeah, now, so just a double double time, you know, passive where you're getting shot at and you, your movement speed increases exponentially. Like that saved my ass so much. Um, I still can't smart. aim her ulti though for shit. I can barely kill no. anybody with that stupid, um, you know, um, ordnance strike. Really, that's my time to shine. Mm. I've helped my team a bunch of times with that. But my biggest problem is remembering because you're looking for what times you need it. You're looking at your ult, and it's like, nah, I still don't have it yet. Yeah. I still don't have it yet. So then, when the time comes, you forget, and you're like, oh shit, now I have yeah. it. It's re- <laughs> it's ready now. Yeah, I probably just get to that point <laughs> and then just throw it out there and be like, yeah, there might be some people pushing us here. <laughs> but um it's so well done and there's they've sort of put a, a launch pad in near the marketplace um mm. which is obviously tying into the the new character that they are teasing still not confirming nor denying that will uh be coming out imminently as well as the battle pass so uh we'll see what they do in that regard uh i see you've been playing a new demo on the switch as well yeah, I kind of noticed that the Yoshi Crafted World was uh, displayed as a demo. And I th- at first I was like, I'm like, I don't think this is my kind of game. But I'm like, a demo, it's free. What you got to lose? Um, graphically, it's adorable. It's an absolutely, like, very clean, graphically made game. In regards to gameplay, I didn't like it. <laughs> it was too simple like i'm obviously it's the start and maybe things are simple there but like there was nothing that really challenged me enough that wanted to keep on playing like it just like yeah and i remember is it was it yoshi island is that the one with the baby mario yeah yeah i love yoshi's islands yeah yeah i really did enjoy that game um i think i played on a pc though as an emulator because i was a sega kid i was a sega kid so i didn't get like classic nintendo fair um but um, playing this one, like, I just got so bored with it. And then there was, like, 
there was I did I never read the rules um all the hints so I was just you know grabbing everything attacking everything anything that I was you could possibly aim for I was getting it you know and then by the end of the first stage it's like oh congratulations you found all the flowers you got all this you got all that I'm like oh shit I didn't really know that those were challenges mm. like you know like you're just that good <laughs> just too good guys I'm gonna go pro in the circuit um so in regards <laughs> <laughs> in regards to whether I'm going to pick up this game, I am not. I like, I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of attachment to it. And like I said, I'm not saying that obviously this game is easy from start to finish, but just in regards to challenging me enough to wanting to keep playing it, there's a million and one games out there, guys. We all know it. Yep. So with this one, I'm going to take a hard pass though. Yeah. And, and like my, my thought process when releasing a demo is you're releasing that demo to try and hook as many gamers that play said demo into wanting to purchase the game. So maybe they just missed the mark with the, the content of the game that they're releasing that won't sell the dream enough. Or maybe the game, as you said, is just not that great. Um, I guess we'll see on full release how it reviews and feedback. But uh, yeah, I, I saw it on the store the other day too because um, I was looking to get my hands on some Ape Out. Uh, but I still haven't played that yet as well. But uh yeah, I, I gave it a pass, and uh, hearing your feedback on it, I'm, I'm happy that I did give it a pass because it's sounding a little ho-hum. Yeah, a ho-hum is a good way to describe it. I can see this as a time passer, 100%. Like, I can see it as a good, like, you know, I've got, you know, 10 minutes to spare, like, I'll play something quick. Yeah, 100%, but for me, not so much. Not, not so, so much. much. Which is it's sad. It's sad. I was kind of hoping to relive those memories from, like, the yoshi island or whatever yeah but um womp womp hey speaking of time passes though and you don't feel like playing something i'd recommend watching love death and robots because oh uh goodness. they have got i think there's 16 or so episodes i could be way off the mark there but uh they're short little bangers ranging from 6 to 17 minutes uh done by tim miller and david fincher and it is such a crazy crazy um adult animated sort of series that's exclusive to netflix if anyone's watched like we were talking about it offline anyone's watched the old school heavy metal um (laughs) cartoon from the 80s picture that but just with sort of next gen cgi and storytelling and art styling like it is so 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 well done um there's a few pretty reputable studios behind a lot of these episodes like blur studios is one as well as sort of axis studios uh plated image studios blow studio and a lot of these studios are doing a lot of the cgi for triple a video games and and even um you know films out there as well so they're they're very well adverse in what they do like some of these episodes is so pretty and so trippy and just jaw on the floor like you think you're watching a real movie with some of the quality and the cgi of these episodes mm. um there's a few episodes you could go meh and skip but overall mm-hmm. it's a good little experience and the fact all of these 18 episodes stand alone so you don't have to watch them all in a certain order you don't have to watch them all in general if there's only a few that appeal to you but uh yeah my lordy give it a look <laughs> i cannot recommend it highly enough I've definitely seen it making the rounds and it's like, I know like I haven't watched it yet. So I'm looking forward to sitting down and actually watching it through. But this kind of reminds me of like, um, way back when was it the animatrix when they released all those little yes, side movies. It's, it's and, like yeah. that very much like yeah. the animatrix. Yeah. Perfect way to yeah. describe it. But like, if you're looking for episodes to take a look at, uh, beyond the Aquila rift, uh, the witness three robots, Sunny's edge, 
and um zima blue are probably my favorite episodes from the series all very different very different artistically very different thematically uh quick heads up in these episodes you will see a lot of boobs and a fair amount of penis a lot of uh penis so uh yeah but it's it's so well done I'd, i'd happily watch some of these if they converted them into their own little little uh you know series or, or own universe expanded upon so um yeah it's cool really good little quick time this. sync yeah i want to look into this a bit more because i, I as i was mentioning um with just with you earlier is i appreciate that netflix is giving um i don't know what you call it indie artists um an outlet essentially mm. like giving those an opportunity to show what they have and flaunt it um i'd love to see them if they you know keep on giving kind of scenarios or you know references for everyone to then develop another bunch of movies quick shot movies and then release them again mm. i'm, I'm hoping that i'm hoping that it does have some success with netflix and they do renew it for a second season or as you said just allow more avenues for for other more unique um storytellers to, to make their way to these types of platforms because i love i love that sort of short standalone banger concept for for tv and film where you can sit down and get a full story told to you you know under 20 minutes i love that and um it's so well crafted a few of these episodes as i said kind of hit the mark like miss the mark a little bit but overall uh hell of a ride you know we we smashed it all in one sitting on friday night um well worth the time well worth the time on netflix 100 percent. yeah yeah all right shall we jump into a quick bit of housekeeping before we pivot into some news let's do that okay so first and foremost obviously patreon.com forward slash we are 8 bit it's going to give you access to episode three of the 8 bit cast episode three is now available for patrons at the dollar tier and above and sees jono myself bryce and benny talk about one of my favorite things in the entire universe food uh, can i just say you guys have already created stirred some crap with that episode i've mm-hmm. already seen a bunch of stuff going down on the twitter oh yeah <laughs> there was um i didn't expect it to blow up the way it did uh and it, it stemmed from a discussion where i don't believe you need to put butter on bread or toast before peanut butter because i mm-hmm. think peanut butter is creamy and and you know spreadable enough without it uh mm-hmm. but yeah the internet it was very divisive topic um a lot of for and against I thought Rach might have kicked me out of the house because she is very pro butter with peanut butter, uh, but I've got a hard stance without, and and we've had quite some uh, animated discussions over it. But it's it's all good fun. But um, uh, yeah. I have no, uh, I had no uh, horse in the race. I absolutely hate peanut butter. So, <gasps> damn. See, we need to get you on an episode talking about that now. Um, but yeah, episode three. It was a hell of a hell of a fun ride to be part of with Jono and myself. Benny and Bryce uh, clocks in at about just over an hour. Uh, so give that a look if you do want to get early access. As mentioned, you get early access to the AP cast for two weeks at the $1 tier and above. But uh, episode two is released in full as well, which sees uh, Miss Hart, we've got Dane and we've got Cruzy on there uh, sharing some pretty good stories. And that is now available in all the podcast platforms. Uh, did you want to give us a little little uh, sort of recap of that episode? A little, little yeah, sizzle essentially- reel? Essentially, it all stemmed from talking about um, fears that you had as a kid, but then them essentially still hanging around as an adult, uh, mine specifically being a fear of needles. Mm. Um, this is coming from a girl who has multiple piercings. I've got tattoos, but oh, if I go get a blood test or I go to get a shot, uh, I have to mentally prepare myself. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, but I, I can understand wholeheartedly. Like, I'm the same. Like 
piercings and, and tattoos and what have you. But yeah, there's something that's just different when you got to go draw mm-hmm. blood or get a shot or anything else. It's I don't know what it is, but yeah, I, I can sort of get that feeling of unease as well doing that yeah. sort of situation. Apparently, I have little veins. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know either. It's, it pisses off the nurses though. <laughs> mm, bugger them. Make them earn their keep. Damn vampires. But yeah, and we've got episode four dropping on uh, April 1st, which we'll see myself, Dash from Dash Culture, uh, Eldar from the Industry Podcast, as well as Sammy Deej from The Inconsolables and our video content on YouTube's getting together to uh, have a good old time. So get excited for episode four on April 1st. Uh, Now let's quickly jump into some reviews, eh? iTunes Review of the Week. So this first review is sort of an amendment from the previous review last week that we discussed from uh, our friend Pineapple156, who dropped us a podcast review on the iTunes. Gone back in and amended it, Pineapple156. You've uh, increased it to one giant yeet that sort of spans the entire stretch of time. If you click uh, click to read the review in full, there is 7 million E's attached to this yeet. Um, nice. And um, he even warned us in the headline, said, don't press more. Uh, I pressed the more and then saw this never-ending eternal yeet. But Pineapple156, you've dropped us from a five to a four-star review. What in the fuck is going on, mate? Tell us why we lost that star, because I'd like to know. And have a uh, discussion about how we can get that star back. But Got to appreciate the yeet. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe I didn't give enough love and uh, homage to the to the ways of the yeet. But uh, I'm still learning. You know, I'm, I'm an old man now. I don't understand these things. Life is hard and uh, so on and so forth. But thank you. You got to educate Papa a bit. Yes, please. Pineapple156, drop me a message. Show me the ways of the yeet. Let me earn that star back. Uh, and also, we got another review on the uh, Australian iTunes charts by iTunes user terrified underscore 47. And the review headline reads, these guys are pretty good. Gives us that five stars. And uh, expanding on, the review goes, like really, one of the best gaming podcasts from Australia who are part of my weekly listening rotation. Love the banter and the jokes. And the joke, sorry. Keep it up, THG, exclamation point. So terrified 47, pineapple 156. Thank you for taking the time to give us those sweet, lovely iTunes-based reviews that mean the world. Uh, keep them coming, listeners, and keep those reviews coming for the all the other podcasts in the hashtag AP Collective, as well as the other podcasts you listen to on the weekly, because it helps keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. We love you. Let's get into some news. This week's news headlines. All right, we got some quick hits. First one which has uh, created quite the hysteria on the internets. The Halo Master Chief Collection coming to PC and Steam. Yeah, I actually got a lot of backlash. Well, I actually didn't get a lot of backlash, but I got some backlash because I said, maybe now I will finally play Halo. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's something that I think a lot of people out there, especially in the Master Race, are uh, getting very excited about, like... Halo is the definitive Xbox franchise. I don't think any mm. anyone can really sort of dispute that. And uh, it's cool to see that it is transitioning, obviously, firstly via the way of the, uh, the Windows 10 store uh, and getting that sort of uh, Xbox backwards compatibility functionality there as well as uh, mm. Microsoft sort of Play Anywhere functions, which is pretty cool, but also being able to purchase this, uh, this pack 
on Steam. That's huge, you know? Yeah. And that's a good win compared to sort of all the victories on the Epic Store lately with uh, Metro, Time Exclusivity, and Division 2 and all that. So, yeah, <laughs> kudos to Steam for uh, grabbing one of the sort of industry tent poles and getting Master Chief and Cortana and co on uh, on their platform for a while. I'm actually looking forward to playing Halo now. Mm. Um, the reason why I never played it when it first came out was because there was a guy in my class in history and like Halo was the be all and end all and he just raved about it and any other game was shit. Ah, uh, he's one of them like, guys. Yeah, yeah, so unfortunately, like based on his attitude, I refused to play Halo because of him. Justified. Um, then I bought, yeah, I feel so. And then Master Chief Collection came out on Xbox and we all know what happened when that got released so um it's just it was just sitting there now i haven't touched it so maybe now i will finally get to play halo yeah like which one's which one's the best one um i'm a, I'm a big two guy halo 2 i think is pretty great um you know reach is all right too like you've got you've got a lot of good storytelling in there like uh mm-hmm. overall the, the the arcing story across all these games is really really well executed by bungie and 343 so um i think you'll have a good time um i haven't played much of the online on the remaster of, of these mm. games like i played the single player campaigns of one and two again when i got the as you mentioned the the collection came out single player was well executed and, and delivered but obviously the, the multiplayer aspect was where all of that sort of internet hysteria and angriness came from uh but yeah it's it's cool it's good to see um i'm excited to give this a crack on pc eventually and see how it's looking see how uh that level of polish is uh running on the old uh you know 1070 uh, in ultra wide we'll see how that goes but um it's cool it's good to see we're going to start mm-hmm. to see more of this blur i think between xbox and pc moving forward because they're, they're talking about play your games anywhere you know whatever ecosystem yeah. you populate Play Xbox games on there. So um, we'll see what happens. And once this xCloud comes out, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, the next uh, headline, Ninja gets paid 1 million USD to play promote Apex Legends. Obviously, the internet gets angry. Yeah. <laughs> Power to him. Like, you know, the people flaming him for getting this money, like... It's. I think that just comes from a place of jealousy. Like he's a very successful businessman. Him and his, him and his wife sort of working together, crushing the game, uh, mm. doing really really well. And at the same time, like EA and Respawn, going this way to market as far as promotion and and marketing the game, it's it's genius. Like we're gonna see this more and more. Where oh, we see it like outside of video gaming. Like you look at all the celebrities that in- endorse products and perfumes and cars and watches and all that kind of stuff like it's brand recognition and when you can attach uh, a game like apex that came out the day it was announced and attach yourself to the biggest streamer slash content creator in the world it's it's a smart way to do it like I'd, I, th- I have no issues for this for anybody I, I, like yeah i think it's the amount like one like one million one million to play a game one one million dollars mm. to play a game um I guess we're in an economy where half of us, or probably more so, can't even afford to pay, like, buy our own home. And someone could buy a bunch of homes now just for playing a game. Yeah. And I think that's where it kind of, you know... That's a good way to look it, at it, it, kind of, 
it kind of boils in your head a little bit, you know. And the amount of one million, where did that come from? Was that a negotiated term? Because obviously Ninja is a Fortnite player. And it would be safe to say that, you know, Apex is in, you know, combat against Fortnite. Mm-hmm. So was this an agreed term to get him off Fortnite? Sorry, wording? Um, Fortnite. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> um, to get him, yeah, to take him away from Fortnite to f- solely focus on Apex and then put that forward, you know. So I think, like, obviously there's just people that are like, meh, I hate Ninja. But then there's also just, like, the amount of money, how they came to that amount, and exactly how that sits in the economy today. Yeah, yeah, I, I get you. I get, I get that there is a clear chasm between, you know, the the rest of the gaming populace and someone like a ninja. So it is, <laughs> you know, worlds and oceans between, in that regard, and it is a hefty sum. Like you can't you can't deny a million bucks. Like as you said, that could buy several houses. That could buy that could set up people for life. And he got that for for playing this game. I couldn't find any data about like the terms and conditions of said contract where if you had to play X amount of hours or whatever it was. But Mm. yeah, it's not going to be the last time we see this, especially with this jostle for power and and getting your eyes on on said product or said IP. Um, Yeah. But yeah. I mean, like, you know, my biggest qualm is that uh, Ninja has a predominantly child, like, you know, children are his majority. Mm and then, you know, the joke is we've been saying, like, keep them on Fortnite so we can play Apex. But um, unfortunately, a- Apex is now a massive cheating issue. So, yeah. And I've, um, on an unrelated note with Apex, I have been queued with randos where they are kids and they, they sound like they're 10 years old. And fuck me, it's a punish to play with them. Like, nothing against the kids on a personal level, but they're just, you know, just YOLO and taking everything, pinging nothing causing more harm than good get back to fortnite you little bastards go build a house yeah go build a house and do the floss dance get out of my apex (laughs) all right moving over to that one million figure again and in this regard it ties into beat games beat saber which has sold now over one million copies uh you know nice little sleeper hit Uh, have you played beat saber at all i haven't but i've watched a lot of um content that's come out of it yeah it is a workout and uh it is great like i've only dabbled briefly i've got it on the ps4 and i'd like to invest a bit more time in it but it is it is a game that you know it has been on everybody's lips this year uh it's fun to play i still like that they're sort of fusing star wars with you know trance beats and things like that i think that's great <laughs> and then obviously superimposing that all into the vr realm you know it's it's really well done to see it sell a million copies hats off to beat games and uh all you beat saber fans out there at least i know that i equated to to one of those one million copies so uh Mm -hmm. kudos another uh financial related quick bit turtle beach has acquired rocket for 17 million us dollars and so that is a mixture of of pure cash payment um, earned payouts as well as stock uh but yeah Turtle Beach getting involved. Now they've got access to, to keyboards and mice. So uh, Turtle Beach I'm making a bit f- of a power play into that PC market. So I'm not familiar with Rock Hat. They do some nice gear. I'm, I'm really? a fan, yeah. Some of their some of their keyboards and mice are really clean. Um, really, really it's nice aesthetically. Going to divert just a little bit. Have you heard about those ducky keyboards? Is that what they're called? 
I'm... They're slowly creeping into my feed. Like people, they're like tiny, they're small, they've got awesome lighting, obviously, so that's what's grabbed my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just seeing more and more people posting about these. I swear they're saying that it's a ducky keyboard. but Have to have a look. Look. Yeah, I'll have to show you what I'm talking about yeah. after the pod. Yeah, I'm I'm with you though. Any anything RGB, I'm I'm like a oh, yeah. like a young child. It's like, ooh, bright, shiny, like yeah. you know, give me that. Moth to lighting, it's just like ooh. Yeah, yeah. The keyboard or the mouse could be a complete dead duck, but if it's you know flashing cool colors in in timing with me shooting bullets or whatever, it's like hell yeah, I need this. I'm on board. Yeah, something that I'm also on board with is uh, some new controllers that were announced this past week as well. Uh, firstly, we saw the uh, Xbox One Phantom White controller get announced. Uh, and then about a day or two later, the uh, Special Edition Alpine Green DualShock PlayStation 4 controller get announced. Uh, that Phantom White Xbox controller, I need that. That thing looks oh, gorgeous. That is mint. Yeah. Like, I, if, if I needed an Xbox controller, which I don't, hey, but I would probably still get Never that. have too I'd... many. I think I've got 10 around the house. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah yeah i do you just showed me your elite you don't really need anything else anymore yeah that's true i like um, them but that that alpine green though yeah. <laughs> on the ps it looks like like you painted in arts and crafts like yeah it doesn't look that great like I, I will admit sony have released some absolute banger limited edition controllers over the years but this alpine green one especially on the back of the love that this phantom white controller has gotten it's sort of very Wow! Yeah, it it honestly, even the name and how the color looks, it looks like your mum took you down to Bunnings and you got to pick a paint for you know the lounge room, and your mum's just gone. You know what? Alpine green looks great, mm-hmm. and that's exactly how it looks on the controller as well. Yeah. Just a very cheap and nasty you know, matte green color. Yeah, yeah. So. I really liked what was I think it was I can't remember if it was called like sunburnt orange or whatever they called the control they released but that sunburnt orange and sort of with blue highlights that sony released last year latest last year that was that was fresh but yeah alpine green sucks all they have to do to impress me is just keep on doing black and gold mm. keep on doing that and i'll be a happy yeah. gal yeah you can't beat the simplicity mm. all right so that is the uh the mini quick hits let's move into something a little bit deep and potentially industry changing <laughs> and uh the headline Everyone is freaking out about an unfounded rumor by of Sony acquiring Take-Two. This comes via way of Colin Stevens at IGN. A rumor making waves across the internet suggested is uh, suggested Sony is in advanced board level discussions to take over Grand Theft Auto publisher Take-Two Interactive. Though there are plenty of reasons to be skeptical of this rumor, especially because it comes from an unconfirmed market chatter. Initially reported by MarketWatch in a stock market overview pertaining to Boeing and Brexit, a small note about Take-Two Interactive popped up. MarketWatch has since revised the article, but the full pertinent section previously read, Take-Two Interactive, uh, Take-Two Interactive software stock climbed 4.7% on rumors that Sony Corp is in advanced board-level discussions to acquire Take-Two Interactive in a mostly cash deal. That would value the company at $130 a share. According to Joel Kaluna, head of technology and media, at Weebush Securities. My hmm. God, the biggest publisher in the gaming landscape potentially becoming a Sony-owned published, uh, a Sony-owned outlet. Like, that is, that's huge. Like, it's all pie-in-the-sky stuff right now, but 
What are you thinking if that happens? I would be really concerned because Sony is like, I wouldn't necessarily use the term family brand, but like, you know, they'd be overly cautious about what they'd push out. Yeah. Mm. Especially if it's a direct connection to their brand. GTA (laughs) is, is a game Mm. where you run over prostitutes. That's true. Um, I mean, it's, you know, you don't have to. It's mm. just, you know, you can. You can you avoid them and run yeah. over the I elderly mean, you instead. Could. <laughs> <laughs> you could avoid them. But, yeah. So, I would just be concerned that they would start really PGing GTA up, if you would. Yeah, like it's... Like how much involvement would they get with that? Like, you know? we, we don't know if there is anything to this or if this would ever occur, mm. but... For it to pop up on a stock market report, it at least says to me that maybe a discussion has been had. Like maybe it wasn't an in-depth thing. It could have been just a water cooler talk between two upper upper management levels at the respective outlets saying, hey, True. what's yeah. it going to cost to get you guys under our, under our umbrella exclusively? But yeah, like take two, like Grand Theft Auto outside of the fortnights and things like it is one of the best-selling games of all time it continues mm-hmm. to chart in the top tens across every region no matter what gta online is crushing it uh you know we've obviously got red dead online in beta that's starting to gain a little bit more momentum red dead online um or red dead 2 i should say sold really well they said it didn't meet expectations but it still sold an absolute bomb uh and then you've got like things like the the 2k like um 2k basketball like nba and things like that like how would this work when nba and wwe and all that are to uh take two owned franchises but no doubt they'd have sort of licensing agreements where it is multi-platform so do they do they own that and then just sony clips the ticket for a few years for that contract to lapse and then they try and just make it sony exclusives for wwe nba 2k gta so on and so forth or do they just open it up to the market and let microsoft and nintendo in some regards still uh sort of release these games and they just get a portion of the profits i don't know they could not take them from their platforms because those specific games are very niche markets of you know the sports fans of you know dedicated sports Ooh, fans yeah. you know so to take them off respective like you know competitive consoles like that's just in my opinion that's just cruel yeah this is absolutely cruel yeah like, like like it is it is the ultimate big dick move you know buying the mm. biggest publisher in the land with some of the biggest IPs in the land and say, oh, you can only play, you know, the next Grand Theft Auto on the Sony PlayStation 5 or whatever it is. Like that is some, you know, mic drop, middle finger moment to the rest of the industry where you see Microsoft and even Nintendo talking about playing together and, and shared ecosystems and we just want you to play your games no matter where, you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you call your platform home. But then you see Sony going so far right compared to these other guys and doing things like that like it'd be it'd be a power play and like i know and you've got plenty of people that are that are xbox fans as opposed to Mm -hmm. sony but a franchise like grand theft auto or if you know red dead redemption 3 is you know a sony exclusive i know people that would have to buy a playstation to play those games because they are you know tentpole titles so exactly watch this space pretty juicy though 
Yeah. <laughs> like, like Grand Theft Auto. Like, I don't know how many people know about it, but there's actually a very um, popular group now online that do roleplay on, on PC. I think that they might be able to do it on console. I'm not too sure, but I know that a good majority of people, there's like role-playing worlds now in the GTA universe. Mm. And there's tons of people that Twitch stream it. There's storylines, there's characters. There's, I think it like pretty much stemmed from one guy being a cop and just like streaming him being a cop in the GTA universe and like the online universe. And it's, it's incredible what people could do. So I don't know. The idea of someone just taking a hold of it all is just like... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're just lining pockets. If it was to happen, maybe it's just pocket lining. It, maybe they won't touch anything. But, exactly. You know. Like, hopefully we hear more about it if it is just an unfounded rumor or if there is more weight to it over the coming months. But uh, made for some good discussion, at least. That's for sure. Definitely. Mm. Something else that is uh, generating some good discussion out in the uh, video game sphere. Borderlands 3 announcement potentially coming March 28th. Big fat question mark. Uh, Gearbox official via their uh, their Twitter account earlier this week uh, dropped a singular tweet with the old uh, eye emoji and uh, attached a, a graphic to it as well, which uh, had a March 28th Boston, Massachusetts uh, sort of highway sign with sort of desert middle America uh, in the background. Um, PAX announcement incoming regarding Borderlands 3 uh it's it's exciting obviously pax east is when uh when the 28th of march is uh slated around uh, i have spoken to some people at 2k and i cannot confirm nor deny that uh this announcement will be occurring on march the 28th uh read into that as you will uh because i am under nda to say anything further but uh yeah get ready for march 28th allegedly uh- this is exciting. We've been waiting for so long for the next Borderlands, and yeah, like I, I just I hope they're smart with it. I hope they do well with it. I hope they drop it at a good time. I hope the stories go. I hope they still maintain their, you know, same style, kind of like what the Division will did with you know Division, mm-hmm. where it's like it's much of the same but with some new flair. Like oh, yeah, like super exciting time. It is exciting. Like it's been five years between, oh no, seven years between drinks. I should say, like Borderlands Two came out in twenty twelve. So uh, mm. it's been a long time coming. Obviously, they did the pre-sequel, yeah. uh, done Borderlands Collection on the, the main platforms as well as Borderlands 2 in VR. So they have been keeping the the franchise relevant. But um, I'm excited. Like we talked about this, as you said before, regarding Division 2, how this was sort of the OG loot shooter. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens with Borderlands 3, that distinctive art style, the sort of humor you know that tongue-in-cheek humor mm-hmm. um larger than life characters weapons upon weapons uh just general chaos and then just the class bases um, i'm excited yeah. to to see if they're going to go with you know the old hats of the siren and everything else maybe the berserker is a mainstay and things like that too uh but it's a great franchise and i'm excited to see borderlands 3 allegedly get uh debuted at uh pax east on march 28th so um get hyped that's 11 days away 11 days away as of today so uh, march 17th obviously when we're recording but uh yeah borderlands 3 coming at you do you think it's going to come out this year i mean i want to <laughs> i want to believe it i'd love it mm. but um i don't know would gearbox do that would they be the kind of people that would be like fuck the hype fuck the lead up here and here's a trailer 
it's coming out this year. I'm I'm hoping. I mean, there's been enough time. I'm hoping for like an October uh, release. You know, around that sort of holiday area that that a lot of these big games like to to get their get their copies of titles out in front of you know kids and adults prior to the Christmas Christmas uh, hysteria. So makes sense. October November maybe Borderlands three. Um, I'll talk to you more about this offline, but uh, it's pretty exciting allegedly. Twenty eighth uh, of March. Get keen. Let's get it. And the last bit of news uh, that I wanted to uh, bring to the hungry table today. Uh, headline reads, Left for Dead Studio Turtle Rock returns with Back for Blood. And this is by Remy Sklar over at Warner Brothers. So this is direct from their uh, sort of press release. Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment and Turtle Rock Studios today announced Back for Blood from the creators and development team behind the critically acclaimed cult phenomenon Left for Dead. And also, to a lesser extent, Evolve. I included that bit in there because Evolve's a great game. Back for Blood is designed from the ground up as an original premium title and marries the best of what made the co-op zombie shooter so successful with new features and state-of-the-art technology. Uh, We've got a little quote here. It's hard to overstate what an awesome opportunity this is. We get to return to the genre that was born in our studio with over 10 years of additional experience and and zombie ideas racked up in our brains, said Chris Ashton co-founder and design director of turtle rock studios we're not resting on any past laurels our goal is to take all we've learned and push forward we know that's a tall order said phil robb co-founder and creative director of turtle rock studios we're growing the team considerably because we're stepping up to the biggest challenge in the studio's history we know this title has to stand out and we fully intend to make that happen end quote so for more information on back for blood please visit back for blood and that's the number four back for blood dot com so there you go a uh successor to left for dead 2 you could say but uh with that next gen treatment with a little bit more splash a little bit more investment via way of warner brothers uh partnering up with turtle rock does this move the needle for you were you a left for dead fan do you care are you very much so I'm on the med bus uh, only because, first of all, uh, Left 4 Dead wasn't my main one. Um, I think it was more Dead Rising than anything. Mm. Um, second of all, I mean, this is cool. Uh, have they established that it's in the same vein as Left 4 Dead? Like, is it zombie? Yeah, yeah. It's essentially what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's a, it's a co-op so, zombie shooter, but just dialed up because they've got more experience and more money behind them and ideas. That's where I'm kind of a bit, because eh, we have talked about getting into, you know, those tired spaces of overused, like... Like zombies. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, yeah, we've, we've bitched about Battle Royale, although Apex obviously fucking shut us up about that. So maybe, oh, actually, you know what? Maybe they'll shut us up about zombie shooters, yeah. you know? Um, I just, yeah. I, I've had enough of it. So, yeah, hopefully they prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, children. Yeah, prove me like, wrong. Like, it's a cool idea. Like, um, Turtle Rock, they, they crushed this this genre or this, this IP when it first came out. Like, Left 4 Dead 1, Left 4 Dead 2 were tons of fun, especially playing with three other friends. Mm. Uh, not so much playing with, you know, your, your AI compatriots. When you're playing with nope. three other friends... It's awesome to strategize and, and then, you know, the witch comes in or the whatever the big sort of giant warrior vomiting fat one. vomiting ones were and the, the tongue zombie and all that kind of stuff that wraps you up and drags you away. Like, 
it was a ton of fun <laughs> and um you know got the heart racing and it was cool to try and navigate these levels with three other friends uh so we'll see like as you said it is a bit of a tired genre like how can you really reinvent sort of four player zombie survival um you know, how many iterations of a zombie can you come up with or weapons and mm-hmm. things like that so i'm wondering if it's going to be more so just left for dead with a sexy new uh, coat of paint and maybe some new weapons i don't know do would you want them to go down that kind of dark hilarity or would you prefer if they actually went down an angle where it was more horror-ish like you know more scary more thriller more darkness more like jump scares more you know i'd i'd want the option b i'd want the more grounded reality horror bullets are scarce uh you know one zombie bite could kill you type of thing as opposed to you getting chunk damage from getting bitten and things i'd love that aspect if they could explore that more instead of the Mm -hmm. yeah black comedy sort of vibe that they sort of did initially with one and two uh so if they did something like that that'd be cool like it was proper survival horror where the pacing was a little bit slower, weapons were scarce. Like, if you turned, you know, look at Resident Evil 2, like, if you turn that into a four-player survival um, horror game, like, that'd be cool. Wow. You know, that'd yeah. that'd be great. <laughs> I would be the worst teammate. You'd just be, I'd be curled up in the corner yeah. and say, cool, like, guys, let me know when yeah. you get to the end. Hiding in the corner with a I'm couple of green herbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me my herbs alone. <laughs> but uh, we'll see, uh, like... The, the the name is a bit cringy. Obviously, the, they've got the four in there for Back for Blood, which I guess connects the dots from Left for Dead. Mm-hmm. But it just sounds like it might be doomed to fail before it's even out. Like, I loved Evolve and I played the heck out of it when it released, but it just didn't have a good attach rate even for me. No. Um, but that world and that universe they were creating and all the characters was fantastic. But yeah, I don't know. I just, just worry because uh, Turtle Rock, they took a pretty big hit with Evolve and if they do it again and, and sort of don't meet expectations with Back for Blood, that might signify the end of this studio potentially, which is you know never anything you want to see in this space. No. But hopefully uh, Warner Brothers get behind them, throw their money and support and make this the best zombie co-op survival shooter the world's ever seen? Question mark? Question mark? To be continued? Yeah. I mean, actually, just by looking at it being called Back for Blood, yeah. I'm assuming they're just going back to what they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But we'll see. Oh, dear. We could hope. Um, yeah. You know, I'm curious to see what the new features and state-of-the-art technologies they're bringing to this franchise. So we'll see. I'm, I'm guessing we'll probably get a trailer at E3 uh, and see see what it looks like, how it plays, so on and so forth. So Was Left 4 Dead really on that level? Like... I'm trying to remember. Was Left 4 Dead really on that kind of level of like E3 announcements? Like, I think so. Yeah. The first one sort of came out without much hysteria attached, but it sort of uh, it had a it had a pretty good stance within the market. Like a lot of people were playing it. It was pretty well reviewed because it was very unlike anything out at the time. I can't remember the mm. year when Left 4 Dead the initial one came out, but it feels like a while. It now. wasn't like in a saturated marketplace like it is today. So. It's going to be hard to stand alone. Like you think of like, um, was it, is it Killing Floor? Is that the game, the franchise? Yeah. Like Killing Floor, what, yeah. like, like that kind of stuff does this and, and plays heavily into that black comedy hyper violence um, really, really mm-hmm. well. Uh, so yeah. yeah, let's go, let's go more grounded. Let's go more 
scary. Make it more survival horror. I'd be all up in that. But if yeah. it's just another co-op zombie shooter, eh. Yeah. Eh. So that was the news for the week. Some interesting yeah. things. That that yeah. take two thing could be massive, but we'll see. I'm sorry, I'm just strictly focused on Borderlands. That was like the best news ever. Mm. Just and just a simple picture as well. Yeah, March twenty eighth. Yes. We may or may not get an announcement of uh, Borderlands three, but uh, you know the information that I've uh, not been provided sounds uh, pretty promising. So get excited. <laughs> get excited or don't indeed. because I can't confirm. Or deny. <laughs> Is there anything uh, else you wanted to say before we uh, close off episode 143? No, no, no. I've pretty much just been to keep uh, focusing on the division. So I'm going to be actually looking out for a lot of guides and content, um, especially when it comes to like best ways to play, good fit outs, you, you know, selecting uh, the, the appropriate primary and secondary right now running with a assault and shotgun. Although I've heard some alternatives, a lot of people are saying SMGs yeah. are actually pretty prime in this yeah, game that's where so, i'm at assault and smg yeah so i'm gonna be delving a lot into that so if anyone else knows any good tips or tricks when it comes to the loadout let me know yeah hit your girl up at miss ellie hard on the socials say hey here's some tips and tricks here's some tips and tricks or a guide <laughs> <laughs> here's some here's some tits and crits yeah. mate there, there's there's a new podcast <laughs> option i appreciate right that as well yeah. yeah send that to me as well please yeah, loop me in on that conversation <laughs> Um, but on that discussion with, with the, uh, the division two, uh, Jono will have his division two review and half informed up this coming week at our uh, youtube.com forward slash we are eight bit and my devil may cry five review will be up this week as well. So some good tasty content to, uh, sink your teeth and eyes into this week on YouTube. So youtube.com forward slash we are eight bit, uh, be sure to rate review, subscribe us on the iTunes, follow us on all the social platforms at we are eight bit patreon.com forward slash we are eight bit dip into your pockets throw some change our way and you will get some exclusive swag uh, i don't know if anyone saw on the socials but all our stickers and pins have arrived and they're going out to patreon members only so uh shout out to rad stickers uh, australian-based sticker company that delivered well rad work the stickers look fucking phenomenal so uh, they look so clean they are coming out so in the post good. and uh landing with you patrons out there this week so thanks again for all your support and uh, yeah, this has been episode 143 of the Hunger Games podcast. Thank you to Audio Technica for always supporting us, for giving us the best gear to make a sound and hear and look and just do everything better. I have been Brendan. Find me at Brendan 8-Bit. This has been Ali. Find her at Miss Ali Hart. Till next week, 8-Bit Nation. Much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.